Before the fall semester of my senior year in college, I stayed in town just like I always did to take a few extra classes. But this year, most of my friends had graduated and moved away. So instead, I stumbled into a blockbuster and took them up on a proposition of watching 30 movies in 30 days for $30. It was so much fun that I ended up doing it again, but after a while, it definitely became a chore. It started out with movies about war, and of course, I watched them in the proper order. Full Metal Jacket, Platoon, and then Apocalypse Now. And then I drifted through a ton of other categories of movies, just walking aimlessly through a blockbuster towards the end. I got down on some cult classics like Pink Flamingo, Polyester, and Hairspray. Thanks, John Waters, for letting me know what I might be coming up against. And on the whole, I feel more cultured for the experience. So today, I want to talk about movies, media, and time bandits as we break out the blockbuster card and check out more joshing around. One category of movie that I rented over that summer were youthful angst films like Dazed and Confused, Rushmore, or Heathers. Growing up, I don't remember when we got a VCR. If it wasn't always there, then its arrival was unceremonious at best. We didn't have many movies either. The only VHS tapes I remember us having came from our over-the-shoulder camcorder, and then, oddly enough, Mom had one copy of the 80s Mozart movie Amadeus. Other movies about growing up include The Breakfast Club, Revenge of the Nerds, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where we all learned no shirt, no shoes, no dice. I finally learned to program mom's VCR so that I could record every episode of The Simpsons in syndication. With that in mind, my Simpsons quote game is strong all the way through season eight. Deeper than the average buddy comedy, some movies are about friends helping each other find themselves, like Thelma and Louise, Bottle Rocket, and Swingers, baby. My grandfather, or Da as we called him, was a master of the VCR. But before I get into that, I'm curious to know, when I tell these stories, should I edit the name of my father's father to grandpa or something standard? Or should I instead leave in my family's nonsensical name, like Da? Because essentially we all have them, right? From Papa to Jeepa or Saba. There's some other name for grandfather in most families. So with that in mind, I don't need to hear what you call your grandparents. I just want you to tell me it's okay to talk about my Da. Classic films from my grandfather's era include Citizen Kane, Sunset Boulevard, and Chinatown. Each week, my dad would pull the TV guide from the Sunday newspaper, flip through the pages, and highlight all the movies and TV shows he wanted to watch. When he was done, he'd arise from his lazy boy TV guide in hand and head off to the six rooms in his home that housed six TVs connected to six VCRs. He'd then program the VCRs to record what it was he wanted to watch, thus creating a digital video recorder of his own in the 1980s. Thereby, he could maintain his active retired lifestyle while still watching everything from Matlock to Murder, She Wrote. Sometimes, movies like The Goonies, Galaxy Quest, or Big Trouble in Little China are about challenging ourselves far beyond our comfort zone. When I moved to the suburbs of Atlanta to wait tables, I worked with an older waitress named Maida, who in addition to teaching me to make sweet tea when she said, baby, first you gotta pour a cup of sugar in the urn, then you let that tea boil down on top of it, and then you gotta stir it real slow like this, she said, as she sensually shook her hips. Well, she also took me in for a week or so when I needed a place to stay. That's when I found out that after every shift, Maida would rent a movie and take it back to the big screen TV in her manufactured home. Whether she watched that movie or not, she would dub it 
and then add it to her bootleg collection. That's right. She would file this movie away, catalog it, and then reference it in a three-ring binder. As I was going through the binder, I'm here to tell you, I couldn't find a movie Mida didn't have. More than a few movies are about making it through life at work, like Broadcast News, Empire Records, and one of my favorites, Office Space. We talked recently about how I needed to use my VCR checking out the Sopranos series from Hollywood Video. That's when I couldn't drive too much due to a charge of reckless driving. The Sopranos provides an essential message on the necessity of family and the importance of working together. Similar messages are echoed in organized crime films such as Goodfellas, Godfather, and Casino. Before we swerve too far away, I want to go back to something for just a second, and my goal is not to sound insensitive, but reckless driving? Really? That sounds like a good thing. When driving, we should all be so lucky to wreck less. Watching movies can be used as a coping mechanism. Sometimes, movies are about coping mechanisms, like Requiem for a Dream, Basketball Diaries, and happiness. This might sound surprising, but the first DVD player I ever got was a Samsung brand, and it came for free with a Samsung phone. The phone itself was the smallest cell phone I ever had, just a little bigger than a Tic Tac container or a travel raisin box. I remember at one point taking a business call on the phone when the customer on the other end couldn't hear me at all. I hung up that flip phone, slamming it together, and then threw it across my sedan. The DVD player, though, worked fine for years. And while now they're an everyday occurrence, once upon a time cellular communication was relegated to the realm of science fiction in movies like Dune, Brazil, and The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. I was told of the cell phone with the free DVD player from an ad in the newspaper telling of a sale at the Singular Wireless. When I went down to get the deal done, there was some sort of snafu that escalated quickly until the owner and I were out front, nose to nose, getting ready to come to blows. I don't really remember what the fight was about, but you have to keep in mind this was back when cellular service was the Wild West and every con man had a cell phone kiosk. Some movies provide an inspiring message on how to work together. And then there's Scarface, Raging Bull, and Mommy Dearest. In 2005, I started receiving DVDs in an envelope through the mail from some company called Netflix. Whether I was an innovator or an early adopter, one thing's for sure, I wasn't an early investor. The sadness continues with Train Spotting, Kids, My Own Private Idaho, and other movies about lost youth. When internet speeds finally got fast enough, I took my skills at pirating music and I turned them towards pirating movies. Now, I was only limited by the time in the day and the space in my mind to handle all that media. Some people don't consider it stealing. Instead, to them, it's simply a way of life, and this can be seen in heist flicks from The French Connection and Heat to The Great Muppet Caper. I made it a while without cable at all just by pirating movies, but I still like sports, so to get that live TV feel, I used some of what I learned in my telecommunications class in college to put up a high-definition television antenna. Now, it's been a while now since the switch was made to the old over-the-air rabbit ears to the nicer, newer antennas of today, but I'm here to tell you that it's picture-perfect, crystal-clear television. If you ever want to cut the cord, it's always a possibility. Some movies once watched may never be unseen, and this can be true of horror films, even if they're a little cheesy, like Chucky, Trimmers, or the one that still gives me nightmares, Gremlins. 
Making the switch to one of those high-def TVs was the hardest thing for me to do because at the time I had very little kids and the last thing I wanted them to do was to break one of these super slim, expensive TVs. I'd made sure that some of my kids' favorite movies growing up are mine too, and that includes The Princess Bride, Labyrinth, and The NeverEnding Story. To be sure the kids didn't break a fancy TV, I bought a movie projector instead, and that truly changed the game. I mounted it up high near the ceiling, and it projected light all the way across the room, throwing a movie theater-sized screen on the opposite wall. It was great for kids' programs and watching films, but nothing was better than playing Wii Golf on a screen that size. It truly felt like you were on the links. Similar to organized crime films and heist flicks, there's another category of movie that highlights a seedier kind of criminal. These would be dirty crime movies like Boondock Saints, Miller's Crossing, and Snatch. These days, though, I've given up on it all. I subscribe to every cable channel, and I simply visit the library if there's a DVD I'm missing. So, with that in mind, I'll wave goodbye to net neutrality and welcome an onslaught of similar voices to come. That's not to say that I don't still have the unbridled passion found in movies like True Romance, Blue Velvet, and Natural Born Killers. It's just that I'm older now and more consigned to just sit around and watch someone else go through all that drama. Now, though, it's time to roll the credits on this episode. While it did get tough towards the end of the summer to select a movie I hadn't yet seen before, I made it through by rewatching some of my favorites, like Pulp Fiction, Clerks, and The Big Lebowski. I also discovered a new classic, too, when I watched Ashton Kutcher ask the important questions in Dude, Where's My Car? And with that, we've mentioned 60 movies you could watch this summer, so pop some corn, silence your cell phone, and enjoy the show until it's time to be kind rewind, and start joshing around.